let's jump into today's message. I want to get quickly to uh, what, what I have to bring to you today. Uh, grab your Bibles. Let's ask God to speak to our hearts. Father, thank you for God's Word. I'm asking you to open my heart today to whatever God's Word wants to say to me. God, I pray for relationships in the room, whatever status they're in. If they're married or single or divorced, single again, widowed, it's complicated, dating, engaged. I'm just asking you to touch every single relationship today. Make us better in Jesus' name. And everyone shout amen. amen. Come on, do better than that. Shout a good amen. 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 So this series is for everybody. It's a relationship series for everybody. And I hope that um, uh, you're getting something out of it. But today, I just I want to be really upfront. Uh, this is, I'm really going to help, I'm going to try to help married couples and people who want to be married. That should be everybody, by the way. So even if you're single today, I'm hoping that you get something out of this. And right up front, uh, today is going to be PG-13. Uh, I won't do anything crude. I never would embarrass you or say anything uh, that's inappropriate. But uh, let me just be upfront with you. I have to talk about it. And I, there's some things that we have to deal with together from God's Word because it's destroying us if we don't talk about it. Say amen to that. Silence doesn't help make it better. Can I get a better amen than that? So we're going to go to God's Word. And we don't want what normal people want. We've said that the last three weeks. I don't want normal. I don't want broken and messed up and abused and hurt and divorced or separated or, or, or shallow. I, I want meaningful. I want something right. And the last couple of weeks we've been talking through that. What goals we need to have. Everybody ought to have goals about something in your life, especially your relationships. If you don't have a vision, the Bible said you'll perish. Like if you don't have a place that you're headed towards in your relationships, you can guarantee it's going to fail. You, If you don't have a plan, it's just going to fall apart and you're going to get somewhere you didn't mean to be in your relationship. But we said, what are some goals we need to have? The first week we said we need to be Christ-centered. Would you say that out loud? Say we want to be Christ-centered. Come on, say Christ-centered. That's more than a Christian relationship. I've met a lot of people who are in Christian relationships that have no depth at all. They aren't Christ-centered. They're just Christian in name only. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and they just kind of have this cultural Christianity slathered on the top. But it's not a Christ-centered relationship. And then, and then we said last week, probably one of my favorite things to talk about, the more work on your part is we need to be mission-driven. Would you say mission-driven? Come on, we want to be Christ-centered and we want to be mission-driven. we got to have something that we're together on. The foundation of a godly marriage is not happiness, it's unity. Thank you to both of you who are listening. It's unity, it's unity, it's unity. And what God seeks to unite, we said last week, the devil always will scheme to divide. What God seeks to unite, the devil will always seek to Divide, And that's where I want to pick up today on our third goal, on, on sort of continuing that, that idea that what God's put together, what God's working on, what God has planned for your relationships, the enemy's number one plan is to divide that. And I want to help you in that today. Our third goal, you need to be Christ-centered, you need to be mission-minded. Write this in your notes. I want you to be devil-kicking, everybody. I don't know how else to say it. I thought of easier, nicer, less cheesy ways to say it, but... I need you to kick the devil out of every relationship you have. Say amen to that. Amen. Just you need to know that you're in a spiritual battle. We live in a physical world. We have physical relationships. But if you could peel back literally one layer in your mind, 
there is another world. There's a spiritual world. And in that world, the Bible said there is a war that is raging. There's the kingdom of light, and the kingdom of darkness, and they're both battling for your relationship. I'm just going to get right to the point to tell you this is not just about your spouse, your partner. It's not about the person at work or whatever relationship you're in or the person you're dating or the person you're talking to. This is a, you're in a fight for the spiritual life that you have in your relationships. Can I get a better amen? And the Bible said we don't wrestle like everybody else wrestles. We don't fight with nuclear bombs or machine guns or army tanks or nunchucks in our relationships, even though sometimes you want to. Even though sometimes your man deserves a nunchuck upside the head. That's not how we're not wrestling against one another. The best, listen, let me give you a little marriage advice just right in the very beginning. The best way to fight is to realize it's not you. It's something else. There's something else at work here. There's a spiritual thing at work here. And if we're going to engage in it, we're going to engage in it with prayer and by faith in God's Word. It's why topics like this are so important. It's like series like this are so important. Because if we're going to win the war in our marriages and our relationships, we've got to do it spiritually. Say amen to that. Do you believe, let me ask you, in a literal devil? Would you raise your hand if you do? Every hand ought to be up. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Whether you believe or not, He exists. Kind of like gravity. You don't have to believe in it, but if you jump off a two-story building, it's going to work whether you believe in it or not, right? And the devil is going to move and attack and try his best to divide in every relationship you have, whether you believe in it or not. I believe there is a literal spiritual enemy that you have and he's trying his best to curse everything you have. I'm going to write it to you this way. Whatever God blesses, write this down, the devil curses. Whatever God's put his blessing on, the devil not only seeks to divide. We said that last week. Whatever God unites, the devil schemes to divide. But whatever God blesses, so now you're together in unity. And Aubrey said it today that where, the, where unity is, the Bible said that he commands the blessing of the Lord. There's blessing on your relationship, on your marriage, in this dating relationship, to your engaged relationship, wherever you are in this. There's blessing there, and the enemy seeks to curse the blessing God has on your relationship. Truth of the matter is this. Listen, everybody. The devil hates you. He hates God. And he hates everything that matters to God. And you matter to God, so he hates You, and He hates everything that matters to you. And if your relationships matter, and I know that they do, the enemy knows if I can get to your relationship, something that you love, I can get to you. Let me say it better this way. If you want to show me that you love me, you need to love the things that I love. Shake your head this way. So in other words, my favorite people, Justin, are the people who love my kids. Because if you don't love my kids, you're going to hate me. Right? Because my kids are always going to be around me. My kid, they're they're part of me. So if you don't, but if on the other hand, you'll be you'll be one of my closest friends if you learn how to love the things I love. So if you know how to take care of my kids, my favorite people in the world are people who know how to take care of my kids, love my kids, right? All the parents uh, shake your head this way if you understand what I'm telling you. Conversely, the devil knows if I can get to something you love, if I get something that's important to you, something that matters to you, if I can mess that up, your relationship. 
I can mess you up. I can trip you up if I can trip up this relationship. Let me say it better. Like this, if relationships don't work, nothing works. Right? If you're not happy at home, it's, it's amazing. You're not happy in church. You're not happy in the office. You're not happy around other family. You're not, no other relationship works. If you know you got to go home to a relationship that's broken, around 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you'll start dreading 5 o'clock because i got to go home and deal with this and talk through that. And every time the phone rings, anybody ever been in a relationship like that? Be honest. Where you just dread the tension that you know will exist there. If it don't work, nothing else works. And the enemy knows that about you. So he's out to destroy your relationships, amen to that. So what's the Bible say? I'm glad you asked. Ephesians gives you exactly what you have to do against these attacks of the enemy. Ephesians 6 and 11 says, Put on all of God's armor so that... Now God's armor, listen to me, isn't physical armor. It isn't something that you suit up with you know, a sword, a physical sword or a physical shield or you come home with Teflon on because you know that it's about to be a fight. Come on, everybody. You don't, you don't have to walk in your house, you know, with a bulletproof vest on. There's this spiritual armor you put on so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the, underline this in your Bible, all the strategies of the devil. All the strategies of the devil. Because we are not fighting against, next slide, flesh and blood enemies. We're not fighting against our spouse. We're not fighting against our mother-in-law. I know you feel like you want to. You're not fighting against your spouse or your husband, your wife, but against evil rulers. There's spiritual warfare, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world. Now listen to me. If you are struggling in your relationship, if you're frustrated, if you're angry, if you're upset, if there's hurt, if you're afraid, if you've lost trust, I want you to hear me today as loudly as I can tell you. Your spouse is not your enemy. You are fighting a spiritual battle against spiritual opponents who's trying to destroy the relationship that God has blessed Say amen to that, everybody. The Bible said that the enemy is planning his attack. Said he has strategies. Write this down. If the devil has a strategy, you should too. If the devil has a strategy, and the Bible said he does, then you should too. You're not going to fall into a happy marriage. Nobody's ever. Matter of fact, I'm going to hurt some of your theology. Look at me in the eyes. No one falls in love. That's a terrible thing to say. Why would you want to be with something you had just fell in? You fall in a hole, everybody. <laughs> Who wants to be in something you just fell in? Well, I just fell into this. I guess you're here and I'm here. We might as well do it. I don't know. This looks, this looks right. I mean, I, I, I fell for you along. No, you, you fall into a trap, Sam. You fall into holes. You don't fall into love. You work and choose your way into love. Say amen to that, everybody. you got a strategy and a plan. Now, listen, at me, look at me, married people. If you don't fall into it, you don't fall out of it. I've never seen anyone fall out of a hole. You, you can't fall out of love. It's impossible. You just didn't have a plan to stay in love. You didn't fall out of love. You didn't have a plan to stay in love. And the enemy had a plan 
to divide and to curse and to, and, and to work on. He had strategy. And if you don't have strategy, you don't have a plan, you, you're not working on this together, then it's going, then the enemy's going to win every time. If you knew, if you knew, listen close, if you knew that tonight in your house there was a thief that was coming. Has anybody ever been broken into? Let me see your hands. Who lives in the hood? Uh, yeah, yeah, I knew. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I remember one, I remember one that we lived in the hood, Brady and I, when we first got married. Actually, come to think of it, we lived in the hood a lot. And, and so... It wasn't just when we first got married, but we'd been married a while, actually. And anyway, this house is a great, great house, not the best neighborhood. And I remember the morning we got up, and I walked outside to go to the office, and my car doors were open. And I was so dumb, I, I, my first thought was, I left the car doors open. Both of them. I don't know why. I don't know why I thought I got out of both sides, but I did. This true story. I literally sat down in the driver's seat thinking, well, this is crazy. I'd closed the side door and walked around and sat down in the driver's seat before I realized, oh, this, I didn't leave, <laughs> I left the doors unlocked. I didn't leave them open and we had, you know, somebody had been, somebody had robbed us, somebody had broke into our cars and, and man, just the feeling of, of, of trespass and the insecure. And you, you immediately, I don't know if you do this, but I'm kind of a fraidy cat, whatever, anyway, but I, I, you immediately start looking around like he's still there, you know, like. Like he's in the car. Anybody know what I'm talking about there? Like, anybody ever had that eerie, that spooky feeling? You, you're like, I didn't leave the lights on, but the lights are on. And you walk in your house all quiet like this, like he's still here. He's, I've opened up doors real fast. I don't know why that's going to scare somebody. You know what I mean? They'll, I just feel like if I do it real fast, it's going to scare them. If you knew tonight somebody was going to was casing your house, there was a thief, there was a murderer, worse than that. He was watching. If somebody was parked outside your house, I lived on a cul-de-sac. Currently, we live on a cul-de-sac, and I'm the guy. We have a second story. Uh, we have a two-story house. I, I'll stand on the second story, have a window that looks over into the cul-de-sac. And Justin, if I see a car I don't know, I'm that neighbor looking out there, going, "What are you doing? Why are you parked out there in my cul-de-sac? I don't know these people. I'll get on the HOA on Facebook. Come on, somebody. I'll t- hey, everybody. There's a blue Camry right now. I don't know who this is right now, but he's in front of my house. I bet it's an axe murderer. Somebody go knock on the door. <laughs> I do it. I'm just being honest. What are you doing out there? If you knew somebody was studying your home, he was trying to steal or kidnap, or you would be on your guard. Let me tell you what you'd do. You'd leave church today, and you'd get a plan together. You would be, come on, you would be Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone, somebody. You would hang paint from the door. That's my favorite one. You would hang, you would hang a gallon of paint that when they opened the door, it would swing and, and hit them. And it, you, would, you, you would do the, you would bars on your windows. You, you would make sure your security system was, was armed when you got to your house. You'd have motion lights. You'd get a big old dog. Come on, somebody. Just a, just a big old mean. Some of y'all got that anyway. Just big old mean dogs. You'd tell all your neighbors on the Facebook group. You'd warn your family. You'd keep watch. You'd have a plan. You would, and, and then if they broke in, you would do whatever it took. Come on, somebody. This is Texas. You'd shoot till the, till the magazine was empty. This is Texas. I couldn't preach this way if I started the church anywhere else. But you just unload. I, I taught my wife. It, it don't matter. It don't matter. If you're just just pull the trigger till it stops pulling. Just just unload it on whoever it is. You'd stab or swing or do whatever you can because you knew somebody was out to get you. Because you knew that there was somebody there that was going to harm you, harm your family, harm your spouse, harm your kids. You would do anything. You you had a plan. 
in place against that attack. Why would you not then have a plan in place against the attack of a spiritual enemy who's working his way into your relationship? First Peter says it like this. First Peter 5 and 8 says, Stay alert! I feel like this is that, like this is this is the security system wake-up call to, to, to your marriage, to your relationship. Stay alert and watch out for your great enemy. He doesn't mean good. He means powerful. He means able. He means cunning. He means able to weave his way in. That the great enemy, the devil, is able to do that. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Notice he said he prowls around like a roaring lion. He never roars. He just prowls around like he could. You know why? Because the devil never announces his attack. Look into my eyes. Some of you are walking a fine line in your relationship thinking, well, I'll, I'll recognize it when it comes along. No, you won't. I, 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 I can handle this. I can, I can walk this tightrope in my relationship and we can walk this fine line. We don't have to really, it doesn't have to be honest and doesn't have to be completely pure. It doesn't have to be completely transparent. We can, I can, I can, uh, she knows as much as she needs to know. He knows as much as he needs to know. I can just walk this line. But the Bible never says the enemy, the, the devil's never going to knock on your door and say, Hey guys, I'm here. I'm just here to attack and tear apart a 20-year marriage. I'm, I'm here to tear down trust that it took you two decades to build. I, I'm, I'm here to destroy four decades worth of commitment. He just never does it. He just never announces. But he does have a strategy. And I want you to write this down. I believe the Lord gave me this to tell you. The strategy of the enemy. I don't think this is all of his plans, but I think this is the main one. The devil often attacks in relationships, in marriages specifically. Married people, I'm specifically talking to you or those of you who will be married. He often attacks relationships with distractions and seductions. Now, I, I, I study the enemy. I do. Matter of fact, the Bible says you should. Don't be ignorant of his devices, one, one passage says. You gotta, I study what he does. And over the last 20 years, Dr. Stacy, you know, and, 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 and dealing with, with, with people and relationships and marriages, and I have studied the attacks of the enemy that walk into a marriage, walk into a relationship, walk into a single life. And most of the time it falls under these two categories, a distraction or a seduction. He tries to distract you in your relationship. Watch it in the Bible. It happens all the time. It happened with Eve. The, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that fruit he tempted her with was a distraction. He's, di he's distracting her. Solomon, the wise King Solomon, was distracted by pleasing everybody. Come on, you know you can be distracted with people pleasing everybody? You can be distracted from, from working on this relationship because you're worried about what everybody thinks about you. And Judas was distracted by the love of money. It was 30 pieces of silver he betrayed the Lord for. There's a distraction in a relationship that the enemy will use. You get distracted. You get distracted. It's not so much that you meant to. But the enemy, if he, can, if he can dangle a shiny thing over here, everybody. So Solomon. The, you ever read the Song of Solomon, everybody? It's a, 
It's a, uh, it's a good one. I've never taught an entire uh, sermon series on the Song of Solomon. I should. But the whole, the whole series is PG-13. Come on, somebody. So anyway, Solomon is writing, and I, I won't get graphic. Solomon's writing, and he's complimenting the person he calls his beloved. Now, remember, I told you last week, Solomon had 700 wives, 300 concubines. So I don't know if there's one old girl that he's talking about. Or if he's lumping them all in, he probably tells them all the same thing. You know what I'm saying? He seems like the kind of guy that tells everybody, Have I told you about that thing? (laughs) Yeah, you told me and you told her and the other 600. You told all of this. And he's he's complimenting his beloved. And listen, listen close. He compliments her hair. He said, Your hair is like a flock of goats. (laughs) That's my favorite. You should use that. Use that. It's in your Bible. Use that, fella. See what that does. He said, This is what he says. So you read it in your Bible, Song of Solomon, around the second chapter. He says, Your neck is like the Tower of David. <laughs> ah. I don't know why that's funny to me, but that just kills me. How is that complimentary? Ne- you got a thickle neck, girl, just like the Tower of David. Just a strong mule neck, just goat hair. I mean, he's just going on and on about this beloved person. And, and then he kind of shifts his tone. And in this same passage, in, in Song of Solomon 2, Song of Songs, uh, the second chapter, he's complimenting her, talking about her, his beloved. And then he says this in verse 15, uh, verse 15. Catch for us the foxes. The little foxes, underline this in your Bible. The little foxes that ruin the vineyards when our vineyards are in bloom. This is interesting. Why would you stop this discourse on goat hair and neck like the Tower of David? Why would you stop complimenting in this, this sort of romantic moment that he's in? Come on, everybody. It's Netflix and chill at Solomon's house. Are you with me? And right in the middle of that, he stops and he says, Oh, by the way, the, the wisdom sort of speaks up again. And it says, Catch the little foxes that ruin the vineyards. Because our, our vineyards are in bloom right now. And foxes eat the blossoms, right? And if the blossoms never fall, then the fox can ruin the harvest. Oh, I, I, I wish I had time to preach this to you. What you're involved in seems harmless. And you barely even notice the fox ate just the blossom because he didn't eat the fruit. But if the blossom doesn't fall to the ground, the harvest doesn't come. So the little foxes, the little distractions in your marriage have the ability of eating away the potential harvest that God has for you. And Solomon, right in the middle of this moment, he says, Oh, by the way, there's distractions. There's these little things. You barely even notice these little things that creep into a marriage that can destroy They ruin the whole vineyard of your relationship. Now, I hadn't figured this out. I know it seems odd right in the middle of a relationship series. My wife isn't in church today. She has the flu. It's not because we're fighting over this message. She really does have the flu. But but it's interesting to me. Listen to me. And I'm not telling you how this all figured out. But it's interesting to me the, the tiny things that people walk away about. It's interesting to me how the devil will use the smallest, most nitpicky little things in a, in a, in a marriage to cause division. It's, it's always little things. I rarely, 
rarely counsel people where there's big, big, big issues. And if there are, it usually started with something small and meaningless and insignificant. Things like this, and I'll just be transparent with you. Things like, I have a mental illness, and I'm not making fun of mental illness. I think I have a real mental illness where I cannot stand to hear someone chew. Are you with me on that, everybody? I can't stand to hear someone chew ice specifically. I feel like hell is an eternity of the devil chewing ice over and over and over and over. And so driving in the car 20 years with my wife, I'm amazed at the number of fights that start with my stupidity over, please do not chew any louder than you are chewing right now. I have thrown entire cups of ice out the window. I can't, t- I can't take it anymore. I've thrown away brand new packs of gum. I can't stand to hear you pop gum. I just, I, it's, it's, it's not you, it's me. I know I've got a, there's something wrong with me, everybody. Does anybody else have that problem? Is it just me? I knew some of y'all looked mentally ill like me. I just, I can't stand it. And it's amazing to me. I'm being so serious with you. Brandy, if she was here today, she'd tell you. I'm amazed the number of big fights we get into that literally started with this little nitpicky thing. This little bitty thing. You're doing it right now. I can hear you. I just heard that. I just heard Jessica do it. It's amazing. I'm just kidding. It's amazing to me. It's amazing the fights that we, and, and, then, and then this little fight turns into this big thing. You never, it doesn't matter what I do. Nothing's ever, ple- are you with me on that? It doesn't matter what we get into. You're always on my case. You're always that. And now we've got this huge fight that started with this tiny distraction. If the enemy, I'm not saying the enemy uses ice against me. He may. But I'm just saying it's amazing the little things that you fight over, the distractions that will ruin your whole relationship because you let them get in. Over money, you'll fight over money. The only reason you fight over money is because you don't have a plan for your money. If you had a strategy, a common plan, an agreement on where we spend and what we spend, then the enemy couldn't use it against you. But if you don't, then you have no trust and you have no agreement. And, and, and now there's this bickering and there's this fighting and there's this distraction. Are you with me, everybody? The devil knows what triggers your anger and your insecurities and your fears. And he uses those as distractions in your marriage. I'm just giving you some heads up of what I think the devil will use in your relationship. And I think distraction is one of them. The other major thing I think the devil uses, I've seen him use over and over and over, not only distractions, but seductions. I think these are the main things the enemy will use in a relationship. Distraction and seduction. Seduction literally means, in, in this particular context, I literally mean sexual temptation. Seductions that you didn't realize you were going to fall into. I read a statistic studying for this marriage, uh, studying for this message, excuse me, that 60% of divorces cite a spouse's pornography addiction as a factor. 60% of all, of 100% of divorces cite that one of the reasons that this this fell apart was a, a partner's addiction to porn. By the way, let me pause right here and dispel the myth that it's only men. There's this attack of the enemy, and I think it's getting worse by the, by the year that we live in our culture of seduction. 
that it erodes trust away in your relationship and your marriage. I'm just giving you some devil schemes, some stuff I think he uses. I think he uses small foxes to distract you, and I think he uses seduction to pull you away, and you don't even realize it. And 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 I and I got to give you the hint. I got to give you the thing that I think God expects of you in your marriage. Everybody, write this down: Ephesians five and three. But among you, you believers, there must be underline this phrase: not even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity. Not even a hint. Most people would agree. No, I can't, you know, you can't cheat on your spouse. You can't, you know, the, the adultery or what, you know, whatever that, you know, there's the line. But the Bible makes a line a little bit more than that. It says, I don't want you to have a hint of this. Because if you give this hint, the devil sees this. If there's daylight in this, there's a crack in that armor and the enemy will make his way into and try to destroy that relationship with sexual seduction. When is there a hint of, of, of sexual sin. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know where it is. I'm just going to give you some. What could, it could be. A, it's a sin to lie to your spouse. But you're having a, a passionate, intimate, sexual relationship with somebody online. It, it, it could be. It could, could even be online anymore. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm now on the church. Especially for parents with teenagers. Don't think the only place they're consuming pornography is on a laptop or on a computer. Most pornography today is consumed on cellular devices, on mobile devices. You're, 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 cons- you're binge watching it on your phone and you can't control your urges. May- maybe I'll go further than that. Maybe it's not full-blown pornography. Maybe it's just a Netflix original program where there's more sex than they could put on cable. And Christians try to tell yourself, well, that's not the same. But there's a hint of sexual immorality there. And if the enemy can find that hint, is is it dressing provocatively so other people will talk? Is it posting immodest photos? I'm just being frank with you. Is it inappropriate conversations with other people? There's the, The Bible says not a hint of sexual immorality. And I'm calling you, especially in a married relationship, and especially singles that are, that are praying for, looking for, working towards a godly marriage, there has to be no hint of sexual immorality. you got to get far away from that stuff. I know it's tight, but can I get a better amen, everybody? You just, I'm just, I'm trying to warn you, you got to kick the devil out of this relationship, all of the distractions and all of the seductions that he brings. Proverbs, the wise man, Proverbs 4 and 14 says it like this, don't set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn from it and go your own way like it's it didn't say you can you can handle it you're strong enough you've got enough it doesn't matter pastor that stuff is old fashioned i'm just telling the bible said do not set foot on it avoid it don't travel on it turn away from it don't click on it don't tempt yourself with it don't give the enemy a place do not give the devil a foothold in your life not a hint of seduction or sexual immorality in your life say amen to that everybody I'm trying to kick the devil out of. There's some spiritual plans he has for you. And I think they start with 
distractions and they start with seductions that you didn't even realize. If you're vulnerable at the gym, work out at home. If you, if you cannot handle Instagram, there is no rule you have to have it. Delete the app. Successful people in the world don't have social media. You know that, right? You live. If you can't handle it, if there's a hashtag that gets you every time, get off of Instagram. Just don't do it. If there's dangerous relationships in your office, change departments. If that don't work, get another job. I am so serious. Whatever you have to do, avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn away from it. Move from it. Just get away. Get out of the neighborhood. Get off the app. Do whatever you have to do so that seduction doesn't make its way in. It's a plan of the enemy to destroy what God's blessed in your life. It's a plan of the enemy to destroy. Come play, kid. It's a a plan of the enemy to destroy in your life. So what do I do? What, what, what do you want me to do today? I'll tell you what I want you to do today. Write this down and then we'll pray. I, I want you to know that there's no need. Why, why would you fight temptation? Why fight a temptation in the future if you have the power to eliminate it today? Why would you fight temptation in the future if you have the power today to eliminate even the hint of that temptation? If you know there's a distraction, if you know there's a seduction... Just eliminate it today. Just tell the devil there's no place for this today. Just fight against that, the, 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 the scheme, the attack, the plan of the enemy today. Single people, I, t- I tell you every week, i got to tell you again today, you cannot build a life of righteousness in the future on a foundation of sin today. If you fight against it today, take a stand today, avoid it today. Get away from it today. Move out today. Like, don't wait for temptation to come along and think, well, I'll deal with that later. No, just eliminate it today. You need to ask yourself this question and answer it honestly today, especially if you're married. Where are we currently most vulnerable to spiritual attacks? It's a good exercise for your, for your marriage. I got a little homework for you. I ask that. In our relationship, where are we most acceptable? It may be at the office. You know, I work around. It may be maybe at the gym. You know, I think that the enemy could use that. It may just be distractions. You know, we fight about this all the time. The enemy could be using this little nitpicky thing right here to really divide us and put a wedge in our relationship. And discuss it. You only, look at me. You only are as strong as you are honest. You only are as strong as you are honest. Be honest about some distractions, some stuff that rise up, the little foxes that destroy the vine in your life. The the, the little things that come into your marriage and your relationships that are destroying trust and eroding love. I know this, what God blesses, Satan curses. Just does everything he can. He attacks. What, What God loves, he loves to attack and destroy but I need, you to, I need you to stand in firmness today. That today is not today, devil, and not in my relationship. And not, You need to have a plan of counterattack. Come on, somebody. 
If you knew the enemy was coming to your house tonight, you'd have a plan. You need to put a plan. You need to put a plan in place. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Say amen to that. No weapon formed against my marriage is going to prosper. No weapon that you try to use. No distraction. No small thing. I'm not going to let this get into my life. I'm not going to let this. I'm not going to let seduction make its way into into our marriage. Greater is He who's in me than He who's in the world. Come on. Greater is He who's in our marriage than anything that's attacking our marriage. We are more than conquerors through Him that, that saved us. Come on, we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I'm not battling you. We are battling together. We're fighting against this attack on our life and we are kicking this enemy out of our relationship in Jesus' name. I'm not fighting against you. Listen close. I'm fighting for you. I'm not fighting you. I'm fighting for you. Husbands, you need to tell your spouse, I'm not fighting you. I'm fighting for you. When you draw some lines in the sand and say, listen, I can't do this anymore. We can't go here. I, I, I just there's, a, there's an open door right here. I wish I had time to tell you the principle of open doors. If you don't close the door behind you, it's amazing what follows you into the next room. You need, to, you need to walk through the, the hallways of your heart and close some doors. Old girlfriends, old boyfriends, old, old ways. What I did in college. Just If you don't close the door behind you, it's amazing. what. And then before you know it, your room's filled with things that weren't meant to be in this room. They just followed you from room to room to room. you got to close the door behind you. Tell the enemy you don't have place here. Come on, grab your spouse's hand. Let's pray together. If you came to church with somebody or you're in a relationship or if you're here single today, I want you to ask God, God, prepare my heart for that. I want to fight now against the attack of the enemy. Father, I pray for every person in the room, God, who's feeling the fight, God, who realizes that it's, it's not my spouse, it's not my partner, it's not who I'm in a relationship with. There's an, there's an attack, there's a spiritual attack on our marriage, on our relationship. In my, as a single adult, I'm being attacked by the enemy with distractions and with seduction. Single adults, keep your heads bowed. Come on, I'm praying for you. Don't be distracted today. Don't let the enemy distract you by the, the shiny things in the world. Don't let seduction walk. It's not just casual. It's not just hooking up. It opens a door that you will not be able to... It's, it's a soul tie you can't unloose. Just, just fight today. Why, why would you fight a temptation in the future that you could eliminate today? Just make a decision. Father, I pray for every relationship and every marriage and every heart today that's struggling. And God, I declare that no weapon formed against them will prosper. Come on, squeeze the hand of the person you're with. No weapon formed against them will prosper today. That the enemy that's attacking them isn't as great as the God that's for them. That's for their marriage. That's for their relationship. God, I just pray against division and disunity. And God, I'm asking you that they would just be Christ-centered. But more than that, be mission-minded, God. That their hearts would be linked together on the future, not the past. And they would be devil-defeating. They would be devil-kicking. 
thinking. They would decide to fight this spiritually. We will not let distractions come between us. We will not let the seduction come in between us. Come on, single adults, I will not let it in my heart. I will, I will build a foundation of righteousness so that that day when I'm standing at the altar with my spouse, there's righteousness there. I've built a life on this. God, I pray today for healing where there's hurt. Maybe you're in the room today and you felt like we've already messed that up. We've already opened that door. We've left that open. It's okay. God's here to forgive and make right. And if you'll confess that sin to God, God will forgive you. And He's faithful and just to forgive you all of your sins. Just tell Him, Lord Jesus, I need you today. Forgive us. We've, we've let some things in. I've let some things in. There's seduction that's made its way in. There's distraction that I've given place to. But today's the last day. I repent of all of that. And I turn completely to you. Asking you for healing today. Father, I'm asking for healing in broken relationships today where trust is eroded. Come on, I feel healing in the room. I don't want to move without praying. I, I pray for single adults who feel like I've ruined my chances. You hadn't ruined anything. I pray for people who are coming from broken relationships feeling like it'll never be good again. It'll be good again. With God, the best is always yet to come.